You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the latest and, as always, greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. We are pumped and jacked for Bills Week, the Bills at Patriots Thursday Night Football Preview Edition. And Jumbo and I are super excited to have joining us today our very special guest, friend of the program, NFL Network Elite, the one, the only, the handsomest guy in all of New England sports reporting, Mike Giardi joins the program today. Mike, thanks for cutting out a couple minutes from a very busy schedule. I know you had a late return from the bachelorette party that was known as Bengals <laughs> at Titans in Nash Vegas over the weekend. Uh, how's your general state as a, I just think a lot of people may be interested, general state of being now two thirds of the way through a crazy football season. You know, you're reporting from home. We see you on the network. You're on the road, covered a bunch of different teams. Where are you? And plus it's holidays. So where yeah. are you just, where's the general state of Giardi and like being an NFL man right now? Yeah, this is the rough part of the year where you're kind of just a lot, of, a lot more caffeine than usual. Uh, you're in a little bit more physical pain than usual. <laughs> Tired, sore, the whole thing. Uh, and the short week and the and and the night games are killers. But you know, it's also the um, get to cover some good games and some teams that belong in prime time. So uh, there's that part of it. But it's just there is a little bit of a get through Thursday. If you can get through Thursday, then you're going to, you don't have a game this weekend. So you can just kind of put your feet up and try to recoup. And that's, that's what I'm aiming for here. Yeah, and if and there's then, one thing that yeah. fans love, it's media bitching about their jobs. <laughs> I was, I, <laughs> was just going to say, then you have to do the whole, when someone comes up to you and they're like, Hey, Giatti, like it must be really awesome doing this. And you're just like the rest of us. Like my ankles are a little swollen. I could use a <laughs> night of sleep. You well, know, my, my kid has a test tomorrow. Yeah, I was bitching about, you know, because it, it was a long delay getting out of Nashville on Sunday night after having worked the whole day. And people were like flocking to the gate and blocking everybody in the gate. You know, it's like this whole thing. And like and uh, I, I was I kind of doing it to amuse myself to see the kind of responses I would get on Twitter. And this one guy's like, oh, yeah, I hate when you guys bitch about travel. Your company's paying. You got first class. I'm like, first class, first class. I'm like, Ooh. I'm usually in the middle seat in the crapper row. Okay. Like that's, that's where I am. So don't give me, don't give me that. I've, I've taken cross country flights where I've literally been in the last row. Seat doesn't recline. People are pooping left and right. <laughs> and you can't sleep. You know, the, you got the guy next to you. He's, he's spilling into your seat. It's, you know, it's the guy, the other guy smells. Right. Yeah. But no, it's great. Yeah. First class, first class everywhere. Sure. Isn't it the, yeah. So now you know what it's like emotionally to have to work with Andy Hart three to four times. Oh, come well. on. It's like, it's like middle seat. Ah, come on. This is what we do. We're an old married couple at this point. I was actually thinking now, you know what it's like to follow the Patriots the last three years since you know, Tom <laughs> There's Brady so left. many different analogies for sitting in the middle seat in the back of an airplane. <laughs> yeah. You're flying. 
flying, you're getting to go someplace kind of cool, but uh -huh. overall the trip kind of stinks. So yeah. let, let's start there. I want to start with um, a, a good, yeah, that's what we do. We're professionals here on the six Water. rings. Uh, <laughs> the, the Mac Jones experience, did it bottom out? Has he turned a corner the last couple of weeks? Completion percentage is up. Big yardage in Minnesota. Fitz even said on our podcast the other day, maybe the best game Mac Jones has played in the NFL, to which I said, boom, 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 you lost. That's a bad sign if that's his best game and you couldn't beat the Minnesota Vikings. So where do you sit with Mac Jones, the offense, and and maybe where they are as we as we hit December? I think the, the old thing, styles make fights. I think Minnesota, the way they play in the back end, um, was perfect for the Patriots because they are sort of a do-what-we-do team. And not only are they do-what-we-do team, but they're, you know, they were dealing with injuries back there. So there was, there was potential to exploit guys that didn't have a lot of experience. I think Shelly had eight cover snaps going into the game. And I, I know at one point, I don't know whether it was Dungy. Somebody said like, oh, he's been a great cover corner this year. Uh, <laughs> he's had eight snaps. Like he's a backup. He might be the backup to the backup. Like, so, <coughs> excuse me. Getting choked up talking about the Patriots. I gotta, I gotta it's, very, there. it's very emotional. Mac Jones, he's you know, he flipped the switch. He's turned the corner. Look, has he? Little Irish coffee, never help no, no wow. judgment here on six rings. I'm breaking down on Tuesday. Um, so look, it was good. Arguably the best it was all year, but I think there was some ability to take advantage of what Minnesota brought to the table. Um, and I and then the other part of it is, and it kind of gets lost, is they weren't very good in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't a four quarter game. And it was kind of interesting to hear Hunter Henry yesterday talk about that. Like, mm, mm, you know, like it was good for a bit, but that fourth quarter, like when we had to have it, we, we didn't. So um, better for sure. Something to build off. Absolutely. But uh, it wasn't, I'm not, I, I don't think there's a parade being thrown for it. And that's what I think is concerning is that they weren't really good on third down. They were over in the red zone again and they weren't good at the end of the game. And when you're judging offenses and quarterbacks, a lot of time you look at those things, right? Third down, red zone, fourth quarter. Ew, none of those were really all that good. Now, we're in a dogfight, and you take out the kick return. You had a chance to get a good road win against a good team, great team. I don't know where you want to play the team. Playoff team, certainly, um, based on their record and, and everything they've done this year. So and, and that's why I asked the question, because even some of the aspects of the offense I found interesting, like the first drive was great. First drive of the second half was great. So those are things where maybe you're building something. Maybe there's a comfort level with like scheme and Patricia and Mac getting on the same page. The fact that Nelson Aguilar, Devontae Parker, guys who haven't really been good, haven't really been overly involved, were key aspects of it. So it's almost like a. See, I got my coffee mug. Is my coffee mug half full or is my coffee mug half empty kind of question? Yeah, I, look, I mean, so. You have very negative tone about this. Every time I ask a question, you tiptoe yeah. into saying it sucks and I'm making it more positive than it should be. Well, I, see, I want to jump all your questions because I just want to get to the loser's lament that has sort of circulated over the last, whatever, four or five days. But I'll, I'll let you take me there. We're going to get into that. Yeah. So. Wow. It, what was first of all it was nice to see Parker involved, right? I mean, there's yeah. there's been a couple games, um, obviously the Ravens game, uh, and then you know he had a, he had a connection with Zappy, but like by and large he's out there, and every got I just go back everybody got excited about that. Oh look at they got Parker. I'm like a team in the division gave him up mm. because they don't fear him, and and he's still a 
he's still a solid NFL receiver, but he's hurt all the time. Like this, the, all the things that plagued him prior to, he just brought them here. So there have been flashes where you say, "Ooh, that's good," but then, okay, then where is it the next week or where is it the next drive? It's it just the lack of consistency there. So hopefully, he's feeling better and you can continue to keep him involved because that pretty clear I think now as we as we look at this that he gives them something that they don't have on the outside when he's right um you know Aguilar is just a guy to me uh you know some of the crossing stuff I guess is good because he does have some speed but then like the there's a lack of football instincts that I think showed up in the play that he kind of gave up and then had to dive and it like if he had just continued to keep himself alive keep his momentum going, he makes that catch. And then maybe we're talking about a different scenario. Maybe we're talking about, you know, seven and four, not six and five. So, you know, I just think from an offensive standpoint, and now Myers is hurt, right? He does, mm-hmm. clearly was banged up and only got like 15 or 16 snaps in that game. So when I look at the offense, I say, what's the one thing you've been able to count on all year? It's Ramondre. And that's it. Everything else is from week to week, series to series. You you don't know what you're going to get. Um, you know, maybe Harris being hurt in a way is a good thing. Cause then it's just going to keep Ramondre on the field. And, and, and I mean, not, not that Harris has been bad at all by any stretch of the imagination, but I just, I think Ramondre has been your best player and I just want to keep feeding him the football. So Mike, obviously you're incredibly familiar with the AFC East being in the area and having covered the Patriots bills at all for such a long time, but you do get a chance to travel the league, talk to people in both conferences on a regular basis. What is the league wide feeling on the new England Patriots? Not just sort of like being, part of the middle of the pack, if you will, or as Andy, you were saying yesterday, like you're one of those competitive teams, but you're far from an elite team. What is the league wide feeling on the Patriots being in the middle, but in large part kind of being there because of all of the self-inflicted wounds and uncharacteristic mistakes they keep making that are now Andy. Yes. Becoming characteristic mistakes. Yeah. Well, first of all, don't ask Bill that question because he's got a lot of reasons why that's not true. And you can twist the truth on each side of the ball and all that thing. Um, Yeah, no, I think it surprises teams because I think what's been the hallmark of this franchise for the last 20 plus years is that, you know, consistently not hurting themselves. uh, And yet now we're seeing it over and over week after week. And, you know, I just go back to what Bill said at the beginning of the year, you know, the the idea that we don't know what we are until somewhere in October. Well, now you're in December or about to be and you're still doing the same things uh, from a mistake standpoint, penalties, self-inflicted wounds, all those things. So to me, that's who you are. And I don't know, you know, whatever, I guess you can. Th- there's always an opportunity to get better, but it's been week after week uh, for the better part of the season. So I kind of just think that's what they are as a football team right now. So who's Bill Belichick? Because for 20 years, he was a uh, consistent uh, message leader, stood at the podium, and I think we all kind of knew what you were going to get. And I'll be honest, I appreciated that. Like, I I like consistency in my life. And over the last three years, um, things like, well, we did throw for 300 yards or, well, statistically, our defense was good, talking to Shaughnessy before this season. Or, well, well, I know we get a lot of penalty yardage, but we, we don't have many on, on defense, and, and we didn't have many this week. Oh, and, and uh, don't forget, well, well, we did have Buffalo in punt formation. For yeah, one. there has never been Thank a, you. first of all, according, have we definitively decided they never got into punt formation? No. Zach I've Cox not... went through. I didn't yeah. go through. I'll trust Zach Cox that went through, mm-hmm. that they never went. I don't really care, because if you made a team bring its punt 
team on the field once in, let's say, 22 possessions, 23 possessions that you average over two games. Still not good, Bill. So (laughs) what is this um, stat-embracing, manipulation of facts, loser-looking head coach that we now see that is Bill Belichick? Is Is it as simple as when the going gets tough, everybody crumbles under the pressure and he's no different than everybody else? Or what is it? He, well, I mean, we know this, and and you, you it's sort of a push and pull with the fan base at times. He really cares about what's said, um, oh, yeah. which is you know, which I Ignore think the noise my ass. Yeah, I know. Which I think some people on the outside just don't buy. Oh, he does what's best for the team, and blah. He doesn't care about you guys, and like you, you know, people. There are some people, a faction of the fan base, that think we're just waiting to pounce on every little mistake. But this is different. It's a moving of the goalpost to me a number of times. I mean, if someone wanted to be industrious and go back and pull up the quotes about like the only things I care about numbers wise are wins and losses or, you know, points for and points against like that. Like we heard all those numbers like he used to just crap all over the stats and the stats are for losers. Right. He didn't care about any of that stuff. And for him to go back and do this now, and it's been a pattern for the last three years, whenever he's sort of challenged it, uh, it speaks to me about um, being self-conscious about the legacy and then he'll never voice this, but Tom goes and wins the Super Bowl in Tampa. And now here you are three years into the process. And where are you? Are you any closer to, to being back in that race? I don't, I mean, things would have to go crazy for them to end up in a Super Bowl this year, in my opinion. So like, you're, you're just three years removed from it. Where, where are you? What are you? You're, you've been a middling team for three years. Uh, this is guy's the genius, you know, everything he touches turns to gold and um, it hasn't happened for, for two and a half seasons here. So I, I feel like there is just sort of a, there's a defensiveness to it. And then I think obviously it, we'd be naive to not think that some of the stuff, especially if you're looking at defensive performance, isn't a protection of his kids. Like, and that's any, like if I was him and you were attacking my defense at some point and my son was on the staff I'd have my back up about it a little bit, not just because you're talking about our defense, but my kid is in, is prominently involved in that. Both kids are prominently involved in that. So, you know, I, no one's ever going to get him on record saying that, but I, I just find it, I think it's just human nature to be like, it's Steven, you know, like we just make Kirk Cousins look like freaking Joe Montana in his prime. You know, that's my son coaches the defensive backs like that. That's, I think that's part of it too. Yeah, I mean, if if you go back and rewatch the game, frustrating experience that Vikings Patriots was, it's still in a, you know, the offense definitely balled out and I guess it's the defense, but to me it's more just like the mistakes that they made along the way. And if you're going to try to hold one side of the ball more accountable for why the Patriots are where they are so far, I'd probably say it's the offense as opposed to the defense. I have I personally have less less to to quibble with on the, this Patriots. I, I complain less about the defense than I do about the offense, but now maybe if the offense has made some strides, we can focus on the defense, which is going to have to button its act up. Okay. But Fitzy, let, so, and look, the, you can't deny the numbers that the defense had put up coming into the Minnesota game, but now you go back and you look at it. And again, mm-hmm. what they did against the bad teams, I can't, t- you don't take it away from them. You, you play who you play. You shut right. down the, the Colts, you shut down the jets. Like, you did what you were supposed to do. If they gave up right. 30 to the Colts, we'd be like, oh, my God, what's happening? But when they played good offenses, see, Miami in week one, which Miami wasn't what, what they are now, 
Um, but Miami moved the ball on you. I scored 20 points, but they moved the ball on you. The Ravens come in here on a crappy day and put up 38, was it? 37, yeah. Whatever yeah. it was. Then, of course, you have the Chicago game. And I, I kind of <laughs> – I think Chicago is now a good offense when Justin – like, I think that was the turning point for them. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Fields didn't play this week. But if you look at what they've done since that game, they've been a good offense. They've scored points. So they put over 30 on you in bad weather. And then now you play Minnesota and you turn Kirk Cousins, who's a top 12 quarterback, and you make him look like the best quarterback in the league. So what what are they really? Like I you you haven't shown me that you've been good against good offenses yet. I don't I they don't have that one you stick it on the thing and say, look what they did to a, a good offense. They haven't stopped a good offense yet. They haven't held a good offense down. And if your offense, your offense is challenged and struggles to get into the 20s then your defense has to be better than that against the good teams. And I, I, so obviously we're going to see something here because their schedule over the next six weeks is, you know, two, two bills games. I know Arizona is a disaster, but they have skilled people. They can score points on you. Vegas is going to score points, you know, so now we'll really see, because I think they're going to be tested on that front. Yeah. And then you'll have the Bengals and you'll likely have Jamar Chase back. You'll have Wait, the Bengals is a layup. That's what Zoe told me a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my God. Told me Bengals was a layup. So just pencil <laughs> that in as a victory. Yeah, Miami on New Year's Day. The only the, the the Patriots better be hoping for the same kind of frost we're feeling this week in New England as well. And then you have to go back up to Buffalo. These are all va- valid points. But I couldn't agree with you more. I still find the Bears game to be the most disheartening of all the games thus far this season because where were you when you had the electricity in the building of Zappy getting those two touchdowns? They turned around and spit up all over themselves, and it was a putrid performance, and I think I'm being kind when I say that. Uh, I, I would love to have someone hit, hit someone with the true serum on that game because it did, did feel like they thought they could manage that game. People use the term like a preseason game, but like they did think they could manage that and, and win that. and. Mm-hmm. Chicago was like, we're not having any of this, right? And like the Miami game at the end of 2015, like Super yeah. Bowl 52. They thought there was no way Nick Foles could possibly come and ball out the way that he did. So yeah. I think they got caught underprepared for that game as well. Um, okay, but with the Patriots being where they are, the defense needs to show up and show show us who they are. And Andy, you wrote about the Patriots just overall needing to show up and define who they are for 2022. If there was one thing, just like, play like you know armchair gm like you could fix one thing tell belichick and everyone focus on this one thing to give yourself the best chance to win enough games to make the postseason what area would you want them to concentrate on the most i think it'd be just the the offensive line if you can you saw you finally get some protection up front you get a clean pocket and you scored points it was again not perfect fourth quarter was not good but by and large, you got into the to the high 20s. And if you can get in the high 20s, if your defense is as good as you think it can be, and that's where some a fair amount of money has been spent, like then you should win some of these games, and that should be enough to carry into the postseason. But um, I just I don't know, you know, I don't I don't know if they're good enough there. You know, it looks like we're not you're not going to see win again, which may or may not be a, a bad thing. Addition but, by subtraction, yeah. Yeah, I, they just haven't been consistent enough up front and uh you know like trent trent comes in and no one i still i mean i haven't seen him so i can't i you know i was only in the locker room yesterday i wasn't there obviously on sunday because i was at the 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 Bengals titans game but like what was the explanation for for trying to chop for trying to cut that kid when that was clearly it was not a quick pass Mm. it wasn't designed I, i i showed the play in in the x's and o's and it's there was nothing shorter than 12 yards for a primary route so that's not a you're not cut blocking for that so 
I'd love to know what the answer was there because that that made zero sense. So I, I like you guys. I think that Bears game is going to be one you really look back to regret. I actually think this Vikings game is one you're going to really look back and regret and say, you know, oh, but a couple plays, oh, but a kickoff return, we had a chance to steal one there. Pierre Strong still just Pierre Strong, like the the self inflicted wounds, the Trent Brown I would throw in self inflicted wounds, whether it's communication or whatever that was. I think you're going to regret those two games because. I think I'm a little more positive than some because you know how they say NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Positivity. Andy Hart. You know how they say scheduled (laughs) loss in the NBA? Like I'll just pencil this one in. I thought this was a scheduled reality check for the Patriots defense. And I don't think there's a lot of teams that field the combination of good quarterback, superb elite receiver, very good secondary receiver, very good tight end, very good running back. Like, to me, that's one of the best skill position groups in the sure, national. Not a great, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but not a great offensive line. And without your left tackle. And that's why my biggest concern coming out of that game was Matthew Judon and company not owning that game and not taking over that game. But moving forward, talking about the defense and coverage and, and those, you're not going to deal with that type of playmaker mix moving forward, you know. I, like, I think the 49ers are one. Your boy Jimmy, to me, has that sort of breadth of weapons in front of him, next to him. There aren't a lot of teams that field all of that. So if if I look at, okay, the defense took a step back, but it was expected. The offense took a step forward, which I haven't expected because I've given up expecting that to happen this late right. in the year. But if you can close that gap a little, okay, the defense regresses, but ooh, the offense is progressing. Does that give you an opportunity in some of these games? Again, I think you missed the opportunity to make the playoffs already, in my opinion. Even though you're in the mix, you're in that nine-team window, you kicked away a couple games that really would have altered your your future. But am I wrong in that maybe there's a late-season evolution to the offense that can make up for the regression of the defense? I mean, I haven't seen it. Happen. His tone is tremendous. Sorry, in but give it to me. They, had good, they haven't had good back-to-back games offensively yet. Like, so I'm not going to – okay, they had a good one. Good. Now, all right, now show me again. You got to show me again. And you and there, there's an opportunity Start here. with one, right? Mm-hmm. One is better than none. Well, it started with one a bunch of times this Alligator year. Alligator better than The second one didn't better. happen. So you've got an opportunity, I think, because if this was the Bills of the first two months of the season – Forget about it. Don't even bother showing up. You're going to right. get absolutely boat raced. But they're not. Um, but this team is – is they've hit a lull. They have, they've definitely had some health issues. Obviously, Von Miller's out for the foreseeable future. Who knows uh, when he comes back this year. Gregory Russo, their other talented defensive ends, coming off a high ankle. He's been practicing this week, so I'm guessing he's going to play. But it seems pretty quick from the, from the high ankle, so I don't know how explosive he'll be. Uh, Poyer's been hard on and off all year. They just get Tredavious White back, but he's on a pitch count. Yeah, he played 15 snaps uh, last week, and that's his first snaps in a year. So there is an opportunity there for them. And obviously, that they're offensively, they've been inconsistent in the last three, four weeks. And, you know, whether that's some of that is the elbow for Josh. I think if you look at, to me, it's actually funny. The deep stuff I don't think has suffered. Like when he's let it fly, he's fine. And look at the throw to Diggs to end that yep. game essentially was absurd sick throw it's the short stuff where you know you kind of just and it feels like he doesn't have as much control and accuracy like at the beginning of the year the numbers were outrageous on him on like the short stuff 
where it was like, hey, again, this is the evolution of Josh, like not forcing it, not putting the ball in harm's way as much, taking the checkdowns when it was there. He was completing something ungodly, like 85% of his passes within five yards of the line of scrimmage early in the year because it was just like, hey, smart, you want to you want to double Steph or you want to play two-eye safety? I will nickel and dime you to death, eventually force you to come up, and then when I get my shot, I'm not going to miss it. Now they're at a point where he's missing some of those easy ones, puts them behind the sticks, and then – he feels like the need to be even more of a Superman than he already is. And I think that's led to some of the red zone stuff. And he gives you a chance to touch the ball. Like yeah. he's got 11 picks. I think he's got. I think he's leading the league now, Andy. In, yeah. In and three yeah. multi-pick games in like the last five games. He leads the league, I believe, in fumbles, gives you nine chances to touch the ball. Now he's only lost three, but, you know, that's 20 plus chances he's given the opposition. And the Patriots generally, you know, John Jones aside, who probably could have a few more picks in the last couple of weeks, but Patriots generally take advantage of those. And if you're looking to, you know, upset the big brother, get back on the track and like the, the word opportunity is very much is the perfect one for me. Now, I don't know if they're ready to take advantage or, or flip side. I don't know if the bills are ready to say, no, 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 you're still the basement of this division. We're still the top of the standings. We're still the team to beat. But I do feel like you at least have. I think Fitzy, we've used the phrase puncher's chance. Like, yep. I feel like they have a more of a, I, like, for example, last January, I can remember saying it on Mud at Night. I've never felt so confident the Patriots were going to lose in all my life. Like, I predicted that I didn't see a single way other than, like, yeah. you know, the Bills' best players don't show up for the game. I didn't see a single way the Patriots could win. In this one, they're the underdog, rightfully the underdog, home dog. But, like, with the interceptions, the fumbles, like he's not quite right. Like, I feel like there's a little bit more of a reason to have Fitzy-like fanatic optimism. Yeah, I think there definitely is a better better opportunity than I felt like you had last year. And I, look, obviously they won their game in early December, and we were wondering if they broke Sean McDermott and the Bills and Belichick outcoached them, and then they come in here, they put up 40-something, then, of course, you see them in the playoffs. They put up 40-something again. You don't make them punt for you – know, they haven't punted since, like, 2018 or something against <laughs> you at this point, right? So um, – but I, it's curious. So, from the other side, in listening to the Bills this week, you know, people are clearly trying – well, you, you're going to expect an angry Patriots team. And they're like, yeah, you know, look, we, we know they're a good team. They're well coached. Some of the things that they're saying about them, though, I'm like, you don't, you don't believe that. <laughs> like, the quarterback's playing at a high level – you don't, you don't believe that, you know, like there's, there's part of it where I think, I think McDermott has the hair across his ass for everybody. I think right. he definitely, there's something with Belichick. I mean, he says the right things publicly, but I think he wants to, um, I think he wants to crush him. So I, I'm curious to see how the energy and the emotion plays for, for Buffalo, because I think this is one of those games where they could be saying, look, we're winning. We're not winning as as good as we were winning earlier in the year. You know, we've 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 had a couple slip ups here, but like we go into there on Thursday night on national TV in front of everybody, and we stomp them again. Like, shut up! Like it's our division. So I'm I'm just I'm I'm curious to see because I think this team has in the last year plus has risen to these moments, um, especially from an offensive standpoint. So I'm that part of it is fascinating to me. Like what sort of energy they bring into the game, and um, you know if Josh gets in the right headspace, they couldn't deal with him last year. Is Allen yeah. part of that? Because we, we know the MVP thing from a couple of years ago, MVP never. And I noticed this week, 
either Saturday or Sunday, early in his monologue, you know, quarterbacks playing at an MVP level. Like, mm. I feel like Bill knows he poked the Josh Allen bear with that comment, whether he meant to or not. And it was the 20, and it was that, but that's when I feel like the cat, like the Bills just yeah. steaming downhill at the Patriots and always wanting to, like, not just win the fight on the card, but like knock them out and bloody them in front of their fans Bill's ego. began. Because Bill couldn't acknowledge that this guy's an MVP candidate. Now, whether it should have been public or not public, th that's mm -hmm. a whole separate issue that we're dealing with again this week with the Ramondre Stevenson, Tom right. Brady, Lawrence Taylor LT. that he got pissy about. Um, but I do think, you mentioned McDermott. I think Josh Allen, and he doesn't really show it, but I think Josh Allen has a hair across his bum bum for Bill Belichick and and that MVP comment and not not respecting him in his game. Well, so last year after that playoff game, um, we interviewed Josh mm -hmm. after they didn't do it on the field because it was freezing, which is fine. I was I was happy to be in the tunnel, but he had gone in and then come had changed and come back out, and that's when Belichick went in the locker room. So Belichick sought him out, not just McDermott, but Josh, and it's like. Okay, you're trying to like soften the things that you said that came out mm -hmm. that you didn't want to come out, but you did say them. So, you know, like if you put it out there, even though maybe it's supposed to be kept in that cocoon in that shell, and it, but you, you put it out there, and they, sometimes guys make mistakes and they say things, and there it is. Now it's out for the entire public to see and hear. Um, I did think that was interesting too, like sort of trying to like, oh, he's great, he's fantastic. Like, all right, you, it's too late. Yeah, you already you already pissed the guy off. Now right. he's not going to want to go play golf with you in Nantucket. <laughs> yeah, and it, for as far as McDermott, uh, he has kept Brady at bay in his career historically. Like no, Tom Brady's worst numbers when he was in New England were always against McDermott, and I think he wants to now reading maybe his own clippings or seeing the way the Patriots have stumbled a bit post Tom Brady. I think he wants to start getting some of the respect he feels he deserves as a head coach, as a defensive mind. Because if at full health, you look at the Bills defense and the Patriots defense, 99 people out of 100, the one person being, you know, a, a diehard pulled from the 220s at, at Gillette, taking the Patriots, everybody would take the Bills defense. Everybody would, and their numbers don't lie. Like it's a really, top to bottom, it's a great team. They're not the same team that they were when they steamrolled the Rams in the kickoff game back in September. And everyone said, okay, put them in the Super Bowl and we'll wait to see who comes out of the NFC. Uh if you had to say, as they look to maybe crush little brother again Thursday night, and maybe the Patriots have that puncher's chance, Andy, if there was a, like the, the one thing that has just kind of taken the Bills wagon off track this year, is it health? Is it schedule? Is it just bad luck? What is it? Yeah, I think I think it's the turnovers. I think it's Josh in the red zone. Like if Josh takes better care of the football, um, they probably only have one loss. And I think he'd probably tell you that, you know, if you sat down and said face to face, like, Hey, what do you think? Well, if I hadn't done this here against Minnesota, we win that game. And if I hadn't done this here, we win that game. But then they'll also say, Hey, we're just a few weeks removed from beating Kansas city. Like it's not, right. they still have some big wins on their resume fairly recently. Um, and it took some outrageous stuff from Minnesota and, and Jefferson to, to win that game in, in Buffalo. So uh, to me, just about him playing back to the level that he played at in September and October, the, the level that he played at for the better part of the last two years prior to, uh, if he gets there on a consistent basis and takes care of the football, I, I still think they're the best team in the in the AFC East. And taking what they're being given, Josh Allen does have a tendency sometimes to look like very hungry or thirsty or whatever the kids are saying these days. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, like. 
the eight or 10 wow. yard. Well, no, he tries to be lit. He tries to like go for the home run play. Like he didn't have to go for it in overtime, ultimately throwing the interception to Peterson to give the Vikings the game. Like take what's available in front of you, but he's got that laser rocket arm. He's got that, you know, savage mentality. And if they stay within themselves, they probably should be able to clean up the rest of the way. Mike, I know you are uh, legally, contractually, and morally prohibited from making a prediction on the game, which is fine. <laughs> I think we have a feeling as to what kind of game it we might see Thursday night. But Andy, as we look to uh, wrap up this uh, Patriots recap, state of the state of the nation, and Bills Pat's preview edition, um, I'd like to get you on the record first for how you think Thursday night's going to go because I think it's not quite as bleak. It's not quite as. Uh, mm. It's not quite as a Judgment Day T2 as a lot of people probably would expect. Yeah, not only will the Bills maybe put their punt team on the field, maybe they'll even have to use it and really give Bill Belichick something to crow about afterwards. <laughs> uh, what we talked on, I do think Josh Allen, I think he hates the Patriots. I think he hates Belichick. I think he, th there's just a lot there. Oh, he's the one? Well, no, no, no. The difference is? He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of his generation in terms of all-around talent. Like, you look at their stats, he's having a good year. I don't care, like, oh, the turnovers, the interceptions. Like, yeah, he's got 11 interceptions. He's got 23 touchdown passes. Like, he's throwing for a lot of yardage. Oh, by the way, he leads the team in rushing as well. And anytime he wants, and that's my takeaway, when, when he beat up on the Patriots last year in those two games, he did it every way you wanted to. Like, you want me to run through you? I'll lower my shoulder and run you over. You want me to run around you? Okay, I'll beat you to the end. Oh, you want me to throw deep? You want me to throw short? You want, you want touch? You want laser? He does it all. And it's interesting because the he's a full participant on the injury report, even though I'm sure he's still dealing with something. And, Mike, it's interesting you brought up the, the short passing game. That made me wonder, you know, how he's managing this UCL thing. Is he getting shot up? Does that create any – because that's – you know, when you're in the elbow and the nerve and the feel and the finger and like all of that is there. Well, when he slings it, it just natural motion. It take when he's trying to aim it. Does that is it affected a little? I don't know, but I'm going to consider him healthy. I'm going to consider him dangerous and I'm going to consider the Patriots still not able to deal with what he is, even though I don't think their weapons are as good. I don't think I think Justin Jefferson's better than Stefan Diggs. I think. Everybody else on that Minnesota offense is basically better than what the Bills have. Like, they're not terrible, but I think the Vikings are a step up across the board. So am I going to pick Mac Jones? I think it's a shootout. Like, I think you're going to have to score. You scored 26 last week. You better be ready to score at least 26 again. I don't think you're holding the Bills below, below anything in that range. So give me the Bills. They're the better team, the more talented team. They're the more mo motivated team. I, I think they're relatively well coached. Like, I don't think it's 47-17. Is that the score that Mac Jones had written in his locker? 47-17? Yes. It was uh okay. was it, by the way, it. Wasn't picture no longer in his locker. No longer in his locker because he's oh. turned a corner mentally and emotionally. He's no longer a broken man, but that's a different topic for Or Ur Burge got to him and said, like, if we could just maybe yeah. take that down, that would hey, be dip great. poo, take that down. Yeah. What are you doing, Jack Wagon? So it was 33-21 the day after Christmas. Worst, yep. uh, worst exchange day ever. They don't make them punt. Disheartening game. 47-17. So the last yep. two games, average margin of victory, 21 points, zero punts from Buffalo. Dominant efforts that are suppressing, suffocating, and demoralizing. That said, I'm going to go because somebody, and Andy, you have told Such me before, uh, somebody it. has to represent blind faith. I'm going to do it. it. You ready? On the record, 3-2-1. 
Thursday night, the New England Patriots will upset the Buffalo Bills at Gillette Stadium. Little brother rises up and hits the miracle three against older brother who has been dominating him in the paint time. And again, I just, here's, and here's why. I just think straight up, will the defense shut down Josh Allen, even Devin Singletary, who had his best game as a pro against the Patriots in the playoffs? No. Will Steph Diggs get his? Sure. Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis, a pain in the ass several times over. Of course. Are we getting to the win here? (laughs) We're getting to the win because this is the game. Mac Jones, in turn, returns the stamp and proves that he belongs in the conversation for quality quarterbacks in the AFC. I think Mac Jones, what you saw last week with the flipping of the switch, what you saw last week with Mac looking confident on the 50-50 balls, the seam balls, short game, he looked terrific. He really, And I know Mike outlined... Beautifully, why? Because Minnesota's defense, for what it was, maybe fed perfectly into the Mac Jones bounce back game. But Buffalo's defense is banged up, like banged up like the way we all were traveling home from Tennessee on Sunday, going to our high school reunion, or maybe just Thursday night on the radio till 1 a.m. when we were high on pie and eggnog, Andy. It's true. Blind faith and a want to see the Patriots do exactly that to make the conversation more interesting is why I'm picking the Pats somewhere between zero and three, maybe 30, 28. They, they, they don't look great, but at the same time, they get the win. We're going to send them home happy. Damn it, I need this, Andy. Fitz, well, Fitzies, that was like their motivational speech. I am like, I feel like uh, like I just got the – I'm Rocky. I got the speech from Creed. I'm ready to go, Apollo. I'm ready to go. Like, let's go. Let's do it. Let's hey, go. Hey, Mike Giotti, I've always told you, it ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and then keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. You know how I would I would compare that motivational speech to the one that Tim Tebow gives himself in that new Nissan commercial where there he's trying to learn how to drive a, a, a stick and then he bucks the car right after the motivational and Steve Spurrier's like, Jesus, rolling his eyes. Like, that was that motive. Great effort, Fitzy. Yep. And, and I'll also take that game. You know, in, in lieu of that Jets debacle where we're watching 3-3 and we all just want to, you know, end it, as uh, <laughs> as some would say, and you get yourself in trouble if you say it on TV. But, like, <laughs> I'll take 30-28. to 28. I will take – win or lose, like, yeah. give me an entertaining game. Give me a slugfest. Give me that puncher's chance where, yeah. okay, it's the fourth quarter. Maybe Mac is going to do something. Maybe Ramondre is going to break a long game-changing field-flipping play here. I just – I just don't think it's smart to pick against the Bills right now because even the part of the reason people are looking like the Bills are stumbling a bit is expectations. They expect the Bills to be borderline perfect right now. You said it, Fitzy. It was like, okay, Bills, AFC, who's going to win the NFC, right, like early in the year? And, and it's similar to Mahomes at times over recent years where the Chiefs, it's like if the Chiefs score 21 and they win 21-17, it's like, whoa, what's wrong with – What's wrong with the Chiefs? Why are they not scoring points? The Bills are. Our Mike that. Giardi explains coming up next. Exactly, and and Brady faced this over the years. Like Patriots are supposed to roll out of bed most of the time and score thirty, right? When they have a good game, they score fifty. But then if they're down in the seventeen, like, huh? Why were you in the teens? What happened there? What? And that's where the Bills are. Whereas the Patriots, we had lower lowered our expectations so far that Minnesota was like a revelation. You got to twenty six points. You were in the game, so. I, I just still think the Bills are really good. So generally, when I'm picking games, I pick the really good team to beat the team that's questionable. Let me just quickly, weather's not supposed to be great on Thursday. A lot of wind. Cold. Cold. A lot of wind, windy. right? Cold yep. and windy. So, mm. Uh-oh. Remember Gee, last time it was windy. 15 to 25 mile an hour steady winds. Like, that That could impact one team 
more certainly than the other. Isaiah McKenzie went bananas on you the day after Christmas, right? Who was covering him? Miles Bryant. Who's your slot corner this year? It's Miles Bryant. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess they have some flexibility there, but I would assume John Jones is going to see Stefan Diggs and Mills is going to see Gabe Davis. How are you going to handle that guy? Because he's coming off maybe his best game of the season uh, and was getting great praise from Sean McDermott this week about like, hey, he really showed the pra- the last two weeks in practice. He didn't have the sort of results he wanted a week ago, but he had the results. So sometimes that happens, right? You haven't putting it together. You don't necessarily see the results quickly. He saw it in second week. Now he's got some confidence. His quarterback has some confidence in him. That'd be an area I'd look to exploit for uh, for the for the Bills. And yeah. then lastly, you know they've added James Cooks Cook to the mix, and mm. he is. He moves different than than their other running backs do. Right, better than Singletary, better than Hines in that regard. Uh, he had a couple nice games prior to Thanksgiving. Someone who can run routes, get into space. Hines, obviously, they added. He's a good route runner as well. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm trying to figure out ways to isolate them on Patriot linebackers and say, okay, you know, Mac Wilson or Raquan McMillan or Tavai, like, see if you can cover this guy in space. And I'll tell you the answer: they can't cover him in space. Mike, if we um yeah. if we talk to you and I know you don't really pick games, although yeah, it feels pretty confident based on the tone and things you've said that I I know who you're leaning toward yeah, in this it's, one. It's blink twice if you think the Bills will win. We got it. <laughs> but pick like Patriots are one of nine teams with six wins. Looks like nine teams are in the hunt in the AFC. Basically, nine teams, nine teams for it's seven spots. Nine. If we talk to you, say in a month. Do you believe the Patriots will still be in the mix for a postseason spot or are hopes fading because of what we talked about? A lost opportunity in Minnesota, that Bears game. Are you are you kind of in it, but not really in it? I Yeah, I mean, I think that if you talk to me in a month that they're still hanging around the, the outskirts, they're probably still in that in the eight or nine position, but still, you know, with some hope. I think that's where you're at. Because I, I like, look. I think when we looked at the schedule when it came out, you were especially that 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 December Arizona Vegas thing. You're like, yeah, that's tough. That's going to be tough. Like, okay, maybe you split there. Now you look at you like Arizona's a hot mess. Again, a hot mess that can score points mm-hmm. yep. with a mobile quarterback, mobile quarterback, which we have a hard time right. with. But like, does the Belichick factor? Does that does that show up that day against Kingsbury and that staff? And then you know Vegas is going to throw everything they possibly can at you. They're going to score some points but their defense can't stop anything. So that, that, that has the potential to be a shootout, but I, I, I feel like there's a, there's a better opportunity to come out with both of those games than I would have thought four months ago. And again, I don't love the way the Patriots are playing in general, but like, I don't love the way either one of those teams are playing either. I think those games are going to be fourth quarter games and, you know, you give yourself an opportunity there. If you can somehow manage to take those games, then like, yeah, you gotta, you got a chance. Yeah, the four primetime game stretch is pretty brutal. And Arizona and Vegas, to me, are like um, the hot first date that you go out with. They're like, wow, this is th- this person is definitely above my pay grade. But also they talk really loud in public and have too many cocktails. So you're like, mm, I don't know if I can do this again, but that's the Arizona kind of hot mess you got to deal with. Sounds like Andy's minus the hot right now. <laughs> what? Oh, it's I love like that Andy hopping on shots hot for no reason. Oh. And, and, and look, 
Right. You know, so, progress is what we need to see coming out of this season for the Patriots overall, building a roster long-term with Belichick around, with Mac Jones because he should be your franchise quarterback as well. And if so long as I'll call them Kornacki Cor- adjacent so that, like, they have to be discussed in the in-the-mix on Sunday Night Football column, then that's still a little bit of progress for me as well. And I'll wrap on this. It's a referendum game for the Patriots. I believe in my heart of hearts. It really is. If you tried to speed up your linebacking core, if you try to flood it in, with more safeties and you're adding people that choose violence like Jabril Peppers, these guys are brought here and your young cornerbacks like Jones and Jones and Jones. These guys are here to help try to slow down the bills enough to keep up. And if the Patriots lose by 14, 20 or more Thursday night, then the Patriots haven't made any progress and it's going to be demoralizing. So that's why I think it's a referendum game for the Pats. Mike, we've taken up too much of your time, more time than I bet you even thought you would. I know hanging around with your knucklehead pals, Fitzy and Hart, on a Tuesday morning. What a way to get about your week. Please give Mike a follow at Mike Giardi on the socials and look for that handsome mug on the NFL Network discussing football, updating the AFC East and more on the regulars. Mike, the Christmas beers will be on their way very soon, but we thank you for the time, perspective, and analysis. As always, good, sir. Thank you, people. Andy, any final thoughts? I'm awesome. All right. That's just what everyone needed. Thank you once again for listening to Six Rings and Football Things from WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. We're on the socials at Six Rings Pod. Rate, review, subscribe if you get a chance. And until the next time, thank you for listening and making us a part of your football life. Good day. God bless. And as always, go Pats.